Gather round, friends, new and old, and welcome to the Pow Wow Podcast. My name is David Hoffman. I am your host. And I am Philip Amarine, your other host. Well, welcome. Welcome to this wonderful episode that we have planned today, doing something fresh and new. But first, Philip, how was your week? My week was great. It uh, entailed candles. It entailed poker. Actually, my best friend, friend of the podcast, David Sampson, had his birthday this past weekend. And so it was kind of like uh, an entire celebration of one David Sampson all weekend long. Lots of chocolate cake, of course, as you as you might have guessed. Pepperoni pizza abound. It was uh, it was just uh, it was fun. It was a lot of fun. How about you? How was your week? My week was was fantastic as well. Actually, we had our our show weekend for the uh, the play that I was that I associ- was the associate director for. I had a, a just a wonderful time over the last month directing the students at the, at, at school in the high school play. I, honestly, such a rewarding experience. I, I I underestimated just how good it would feel to see them go on stage and kill it. They killed it. It was amazing the way that like. In tr- typical high school theater fashion, a week ago, the, the show was in pieces. It was in a shambles. There was a lot to be done in that week, and and I like I worked way overtime. As much as energy as the kids had to uh, the students, I should call them students. They're they're you know they're getting up to their later teenage years. Some of them, so the students had as much energy as they had to to really put the extra hours in and make sure the show was was ready by the time opening night came you know i i i pushed them and and they were ready and willing and the commitment that they showed was amazing the creative process really sort of really sort of culminated in this this awesome final few days where we worked really hard and we had some we had we had a covid scare one of our our actors got covid 2 days before opening night and we were like well i guess we got to rework the entire show to to fit around that keep you know some people had to learn new lines like it was just insane but then opening night went tremendously well it was an amazing performance i'm so proud of them and there's a good chance that like they've discovered the podcast they've discovered powwow <laughs> and they've been stalking my instagram and they've been watching my my acting reel, which is just so oh, that's like so just, invasive. Just wanna, I know it just feels so wrong. I'm like, you're not a casting director. Stay away from my acting reel. <laughs> yeah, which is like kind of like awkward because I don't even like my acting reel that much. But it is what oh, it is. But anyway, so there's a good chance that they're listening to. Well, some of them might be listening to this episode. So shout out to them. They they killed it over the weekend. I'm so proud of them. And I yeah. Uh, it's one of those things like when you were in high school shows or when you're in any show, when it's over, you miss it. And I do. Yeah. I, I, I even I want not not one of the, the students, one of the performers. You know, I, I miss it. I, I already like, uh, I, you know, it's like, oh, it's over. It's a reminder of simpler times. So, so proud of what they did. And uh, awesome show, like got so many laughs uh, that like it was just I, I can't even describe it. It was it was a really awesome feeling. Proud Papa moment right there. Yeah. There you go. One more they, of congrats. They call me the they they're calling me the boss man now. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. Well, one last order of congratulations before we move on. Congratulations to aforementioned David Sampson. He released his short film at a, at a local film festival in Phoenix here. He submitted elsewhere. Uh, more than meets the eye. I'm sure there will be uh, streaming platforms and everything to go around, but uh, just congratulations to you David. And now, let's get to another film that we both have seen. You know, it boggles the mind that we've been going. This is episode 60 of Pow Wow Podcast, and this is the first time we are attempting a film review on the podcast as our main topic. And I wanted last year after the Oscars to do the same thing. <laughs> but then Nomadland won, and I was like, I there was not a single cell in my body wanted to do a review of Nomadland. You refused. Uh, I, I, didn't, I didn't dislike Nomadland, but I did not want to review it. But this year, Coda won Best Picture. It did. And Coda is a movie that I do want to review. I do want to talk about. I do want to spend a, a not too long of an episode, hopefully, but spend an episode talking about Coda uh, because it really does deserve to be talked about. All that other crap that happened at the Oscars can be can live in the past. Let's move on. Let's talk about what really matters. A beautiful film that was recognized at the Oscars for, for what it achieved. And yeah, let's let's talk about it. 
And of course, it should be mentioned right now that it's almost impossible to talk about this film without spoiling something or some aspect of it. So if you have not seen Coda and do not wish for it to be spoiled for you, please go to this timestamp. I will put it right now. Go to this part of the podcast and we will get to uh, our mini seg for you. 26 minutes and 50 seconds. All right. If you stuck around, you're welcome to all the spoilers. Right. Spoilers are coming now. (laughs) Yes. So let's just begin with, uh, let's go with the cast and crew here, David. So Amelia Jones plays Ruby Rossi. Of course, we're talking about the entire Rossi family here. Marley Matlin plays Jackie Rossi. Troy Kotzer plays Frank Rossi. Daniel Durant plays Leo. The parents. Yes. Jackie and Frank are the parents. Yeah. Yes. Daniel Durant plays Leo Rossi, and uh, I'm trying to see who else is important. Oh, Eugenio Derbez plays Bernardo. Uh, I cannot roll my R's. Can you roll it for Bernardo, me? Bernardo. Bernardo. Villalobos. Uh, uh, Villalobos or something Villalobos, like that. Yeah. Something. And then finally, our, our last one, we'll just for purposes of, uh, of keeping integrity here, Ferdia Walsh-Pilo plays Miles, the love interest. Oh, you know, I think it's worth worth saying that Amy Forsyth also plays Gertie. She's a an okay-ish enough like level level of character to mention at least. Okay. The rest so of them are fairly small roles, but but okay. I thought she had a, a a decent enough role in the film to to warrant being mentioned. So, Coda. The reason why it's named Coda? Children of Deaf Adults. That is what the it stands for. And of course, thus it means that it is a story concerning, revolving, and uh, surrounds itself about a deaf family, except save one. Her name's Ruby. She is the only person in her family of four that can hear. As such, there are expectations placed upon her, and she is uh, set to live her own life as she is a senior in high school, set out to uh, live her life, but she is struggling with the expectations that is placed upon her and her family as the only person who can uh, both communicate with them in sign language as well as speak and hear and everything else that comes along with that. All right, let's go with the story. David, thoughts on the story itself? So you can kind of imagine where this movie started, how it how it came to be. Someone said it or, or someone said in a writer's pitch meeting or or whatever, or one friend who wanted to, I don't know, uh, how the screenplay came to be, how many writers were behind it. But someone said, what if the only hearing child in a deaf family who discovered that she really wanted to be a singer, how would that dichotomy play out? And it's a, it's an intriguing concept. It's, it's, that's, you know, you have conflict right off the bat. And the story explores that in a, in a way that sort of em- embraces some of the cliches of, of heartwarming films but also is telling a, a, what feels like a very fresh story in contexts that we that most viewers have not explored yet. And so I think that the story is is rich, supported by by wonderful characters, interesting characters, and it's not fam- it's familiar without being your next door neighbor, right? Most of us are not deaf most of us are not fish well you're certain like if you're listening to this podcast you're not deaf (laughs) and and most of us are not fishermen most of us are not singers most of us have never uh, aspired to or never never lived in massachusetts but it still feels familiar while exploring these worlds that some of us just don't know so i think the story is uh it's a story that i'm so glad I've, i've i've gotten to experience yeah, so it's heartwarming. We've seen this before. It's a family film. Family comes together, even though there's an internal struggle for whatever reason. It it doesn't feel like anything new, except for the fact that it's in a package that is all by itself new. We've never really seen a film tackle the difficulty of, of the deaf and, and hard of hearing. Well, in, in, in the, I mean, well, to this not degree. in this context, at least. It's more about... It's a focal point. It's more about the coda that's that's unique now. We've We've seen movies about like deaf people, for example, last year oh, we got sure. Sound of Metal, but this, like the coda reality is 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 what feels the most fresh here. Yes. and Just uh, a clarification. Yes, of course. Uh, and like you said, it falls into some tropes here and there, but quite honestly, I don't, I, I think where, where- You don't ultimate, fault it for that. I, you cannot fault it for that. If, had it been a sadder film, I think it would have taken away from the film at some point. It depends on how far, how sad it went, how depressing it it traveled to that deep, dark corner. But I think where it was, it, it touched upon that darkness. It touched upon that sadness. And that was really all it needed to do. It dipped its, its toe in that emotional well 
And that was it because it, it needed a happy, uplifting and happy, uplifting beats throughout. I believe that it needed it. And um, I'm glad that it ended in such a happy way that it did. Overall, as a film, I don't know if the story itself was what really sold me on this film, being a Best Picture nominee, Best Picture winner, obviously. But we'll get into that later on, of course. I don't think it's the strongest aspect of the film. No, I think there are other no, ways it's not. that it is. But it's, it's, a, it's a fine one. It gives a lot of good dialogue, I think, uh, which obviously could be difficult with where it is. And I think it brings up a lot of interesting points. Like, like for instance, an interesting conflict that I think it organically comes up with that I think thought was brilliant was whenever the family sits down for dinner in the initial first scene that we see them coming down to dinner as a table, she's listening to music. Uh, Ruby is, uh, and uh, the family gets angry at her. The mother specifically, who who's kind of serves as a source of consternation throughout the film, having uh, been... Uh, disqualified from from society due to her disability and so she sees her listening to music ruby and she says get that out there's no listening to music while at dinner time and she says hey my brother is is doing tinder why at the dinner table why is that okay but me listening to music is not and she says it's because we can do tinder as a family and then he begins to swipe right swipe left as we all are somewhat familiar with tinder and the lingo of what that is as they all collectively are like oh is this girl for him is this girl not for him and they all can visual it's a visual medium so therefore they can all join as a family as opposed to the music that completely isolates the rest of the family from ruby that's that's the only way she can go there the rest of the family cannot and i thought that that's just an, a, a lone example of where the film takes us on something that may or may not have come to the mind when thinking of like hmm what is a child of a deaf adult what is a struggle that may arise from that and so that's where i think it shines the brightest and maybe some of like the more cliche elements of romance per se is where it kind of falters a little bit uh let's get to the acting something very important here david the acting yeah obviously i don't know how either one of us could just not acknowledge that a powerful performance obviously awarded by the oscar goes to Troy Kotzer. He, of course, won Best Supporting Actor this year at the Academy. But listen, the rest of the cast, I think, does a tremendous job. I, I think that Amelia... Yeah, it's carried well by by the acting performances. Of, of course. Amelia, as Ruby, does a tremendous job having to go in both directions. I think Marley Mat Matlin shines once again, as she has in a, in a very storied career of her own. Um, right. It's good to see Daniel Duran as a as an up and newcomer. I for at least from where I've seen him, and I've never course, seen him before. But yeah, that was he was another like a an underappreciated strong point of the film was was Daniel Duran's performance, and I would say a strong positive, like like uh, the, uh, almost the com well the comic relief really in in a lot of aspects, but also holds a lot of emotional grounding. Was Eugenio Derbez uh, as the as the choir teacher as a choral voice teacher I, I think the purpose that he serves i think it's perfect for him as and and having that he he really embodied the whole mantra of like what isolates one from society isn't always just a handicap that is visible one can be being isolated because you have an accent something as simple as that and it's not to make light of either plight it's just to say that you think that you're the only person as a person who has deaf adults that can possibly have had it rough. Well, I too have had it rough, and but we, we per persevere. There's things like that. Where, where yeah. did the acting, where did you find light in the acting or what did you have to say? You know, it's, it's really the moments where, where we don't get any, any dialogue because, because there's so many moments in this film where, where it's following one of, one of these deaf characters played by deaf actors as well who are in these scenarios where they can't connect with with hearing individuals and so the 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 real acting like the, the some of them I'll just say some of the most amazing acting moments come from those those moments where where we just you just have to see this person this this character living in this space where they just don't belong and like and I I felt I felt so much empathy for these characters and and so inspiring that in in an audience member, I think, I mean that was that's you know job done. Like check check that box. And like I mean, if you can really check boxes when you're talking about acting, they got a real emotional reaction out of me personally in those moments. But 
for me, I mean, like, I, I can't, I can't help but come back to like with with that. What I just talked about, I'm, I'm thinking about Daniel Durant sitting in this bar, surrounded by these these other fishermen who are all talking and laughing, and he just wants to be there, but he can't. He can't quite be present with them because he he can't. They don't understand him, and he doesn't understand them. But it's hard not to keep coming back to Troy Kotzer because it's almost indescribable how he just the range with which he he plays this character from the funniest moments of the film. Yes, his his dynamism, the way he is when he signs, it's it's so captivating to watch. And then in that the really beautiful scene where he where he asks Ruby to to sing for him. Just the pain and the love and the support, the desperation to to want to be a part of your daughter's dream, and that sort of that disconnect, but that desperate reaching hand, like I, it was the story told in his eyes was was marvelous. So Troy Kotzer, like it just it's hard not to co- keep coming back because I don't I don't think Marley Matlin, like I think she performed brilliantly. I couldn't falter for anything, and I thought she had some wonderful moments. But Troy Kotzer's character just had far more levels to explore, and he did that beautifully. I think that we're both in agreement that his Oscar moment was when he asked her to sing. That's every film, every performance yeah. really has that. Uh, again, if we're going to look at like Will Smith's Oscar moment, it was when he was getting when he went back and and picked up the balls and and was getting beat up by everybody. There's just always that Oscar moment where in any film where you can say. That's where they won the Oscar. That's where they kind of showed the powerhouse, the culmination of of their acting prowess in a film. And for Troy, it was when he asked his daughter to sing. Before we move on from from acting and and start talking about uh, some of the context of the film, I do want to say that this is where the film wins for me. Because I made it very clear when we did our Oscar preview, this was not my favorite movie of the year. Like, I mean, I loved it. Like, I I really enjoyed watching it. It was a heartwarming story and it, it made me feel good. And I thought thought that you know it was important groups of people being represented in a in a big film or a film that eventually became big didn't start out very big but what carries this film really is the acting performances this is where the film has its strength because the story is not terribly groundbreaking yes it's telling a story about coda community and and you know things that we haven't necessarily seen before but but it's the acting is the only thing that really stands out. I have no doubt the director was, as in Troy Kotzer's speech, like he said that the director really was one of the best communicators and brought these two worlds together. And his speech is beautiful. It moved me to to tears uh, when I heard it. Troy Kotzer's? Yeah, Troy Kotzer's acceptance speech at the Oscars. Yes. That was the highlight of the night for me. Like it was just the most wonderful moment. And I just was delighted when he won. But, you know, the, the directing I'm sure was one was great on set. But, you know, from a of audience perspective, I'm not seeing groundbreaking directing. The cinematography wasn't that brilliant. The score was not entirely original, at least, uh, but nothing special. One thing that bothered me throughout oh. was that um, Bernardo, oh yes, Mr. V, says that she's that her she's got no control of her voice at the beginning of the film. But I'm not an expert on singing, but I. I think she had pretty good control of her voice. Like her voice sounded very, very nicely controlled even at the beginning of the film. So I don't know what that was all about. That was that was kind of like that kind of took me out of it. That was one thing that really bothered me. But that was controversy for me. Let's move on to the general controversy of this film. Yes, there is a general controversy that came with this film, at least from the deaf community, which in all honesty, you and me are not a part of. So it, we take that nope. with a grain of salt when discussing this. Um, that. Coda could and has come across to some as inspiration porn, where it's just inspiration for the sake of inspiration and serves the purpose of inspiring everybody outside of the community while you using the community that it's that it's concerning about. And I, again, take take whatever comment I have to say with the grain of salt that I am obviously not a part of that community and I am an outsider, but. What I know is that for me and my purposes, it showed me another side of the community and the and highlighted struggles for them that I didn't even know or was aware of, that I had not not put time to think about even, or how a person could be affected with an inner struggle. Because for me, obviously through this podcast, communication is a huge part of my lifestyle. My, my even in my job, I'm at, I work at a radio station, so without communication. 
a lot of my livelihood and my my life would be very difficult to go through. So I can certainly empathize how a lack of, of communication, a lack of an ability to have that with with another human being would be so hard. So I, for that purpose alone, this movie to me is more than just inspiration of of just something so benign as oh, what a great story. It's, uh, something akin to like the green book of another year, you know, where that's just, just the pur- the purpose is so basic. Uh, here I thought it, it stood for more. I can certainly see how others drew that conclusion. I get it. Uh, those notes well, I mean, are I, there. I, I frankly think that green book stood for quite a, quite a very strong message personally. But let, that's not what we're talking about. Yes, it's yeah, different, different movie, different controversy all all together on that one. Um, sure, but uh, no, I mean, I'm also not a member of the deaf community, so like I feel like in this day and age, you kind of always have to tag this with like I I know I'm not a member of the community, but I still uh, hold this opinion and I'm going to share it. I'm seeing what Hollywood has been doing over the last few years, and that is, and that is a movement to really connect a little bit more. I mean, it's hard to connect entirely, but to connect a little bit more with members of not just the deaf community, especially the deaf community, but also uh, other members of this, the disabled community. Now, when I was at AMDA, I already started to like I started to meet people who at least knew some uh, American Sign Language and got me wanting to learn a little bit. And then when I saw Sound of Metal last year, I really wanted to learn American Sign Language. And now this is really only further invigorated my desire. Like if there were easily accessible classes in my community here, I would be taking them. And as soon as I do have classes that are easily accessible that I can take for ASL, I I will, because it's something I've wanted to learn for a long time. And so I, I credit these films that connect our worlds and have inspired people. And I don't, obviously, I'm not saying that everyone should learn ASL. It's obviously a big commitment to learn a language. It is like learning any other language. Yes, yes. According to Google, at least. I learned, How easy is it to learn ASL? And it's like, it's like learning a language, right? That's what it is. So obviously, it's not something that everyone should be expected to do. It's not easy. But it's something that I want to do. And there's I'm sure, a lot of people like me who watch these movies and want to want to reach out to that community. And, and so I, I think that as much as it may be inspiration porn or it may be it may not really go very in depth into what it's like to be deaf which i I, how could i know but i thought sound of metal and coda really do touch on that quite nicely i think it i think there's a lot of value in these films and what and the way that they've the way that they have inspired people to connect more so i suppose that that's your lasting impression here, David, is that it, it inspires you in in a way that feels genuine to actually a call yeah, to it, action, and it and didn't me, bother me. Yeah, it didn't bother me that it won. You know, no, like, no, I not thought at all. It, there's a lot, there's a lot of value in it, and it was a touching story and a a, a a beautiful film. Out of the films listed for that were nominated, I thought that it was the worthiest of the contenders. That was my personal favorite. I will again step aside. I didn't see them all. I still have yet to see them all. My goal is to see them all. And then one day I can have a truer opinion. A valid go- opinion. <laughs> a valid opinion. Yes, absolutely. Which ones, are you, which ones are you missing still? Licorice Pizza, uh, Drive lic- My Car. Yes. Licorice Pizza, Drive My Car. And um, and that, no, those are, that's it. I think uh, Belfast. Did you watch Belfast? I didn't see Belfast either. That was the Okay. Idol. So that's the, that's the last one. Those are yeah. the three then. I mean, look, I, it was probably the one I enjoyed watching the most. Well, with the exception of Don't Look Up. Because I loved watching Don't Look I'm a big comedy guy. Uh, Don't Look Up made me laugh a lot. Coda and Don't Look Up are probably tied for my favorite like, movies that I enjoyed watching the most. But the best film of the Best Picture nominees was Drive My Car. It was a three-hour Japanese film. Don't blame you for not wanting to sit for three hours and watch a Japanese film. But it was a beautiful film. And that one probably should have won, really. If you're really honest with, like, from a filmmaking perspective... It was it was the most profound, the most touching. But but we're not talking about that because it's about Coda. I had no no issues with it winning. It gave me a lot of joy, and like I said, it's it's a special one. 
And I think it will age gracefully. Uh, it won't be a Shakespeare in Love. It won't be a Green Book. It, it won't. And it will, it will be a worthy, maybe upper mid-list Oscar winner. Again, I still, in time. I really liked Green Book. But anyway, um, I no, I, I don't, I'm not so sure. I think this will stand below a lot of the movies that surround it. In terms of quality of filmmaking, compare it to Parasite or to what are some of the other really tremendous films that have won best picture in the last few years even shape of water like these are those were were films that that really were special enough in far more ways you know, they they had the acting exploratory they they had they had the 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 profoundness they had the directing they had the the cinematography even like all these things came together to make these best pictures coda in certain areas kind of it's a little unimpressive but there are areas where it just sort of those areas make the film special, but I don't think it'll stand nobly above any of the counterparts from the, the past several years. I think it'll be better than it'll age better than Nomadland, Green Book. Uh, it's hard whenever we get to like Birdman, Spotlight. I think it'll age better than Spotlight. I think Spotlight, as great as it is, is was more of a timely film. And Argo is an odd one. Because that was that was pretty much like the only thing it was nominated for, mm. Argo. Uh, so there we go. Uh, I think Coda will will age rather gracefully. I'm glad to have seen it. I'm glad it won this year's all time best picture. You should certainly watch it. If for some reason you didn't care about spoilers, you listened all the way through here. Please, please, please go watch the film. There's no way. I don't think. I think we can both safely agree on this and say this. I don't think there's anybody who saw the film who didn't enjoy it. Fun for the whole family. This episode of Pow Wow Podcast is sponsored by Sides. Meet Sides, S-I-D-E-S, an app that helps you take the law into your own hands. Turn ordinary agreements into binding contracts in seconds. Then if a dispute arises, Sides will step in to resolve it for you. Wait, Phil, that one, that was supposed to be my line. What did we agree to in the contract? I don't know. I, I guess we can use Sides to settle this dispute because each dispute costs a small one-time fee. And if you win, which I will, it's all awarded back to you. Sign up now and get 16% off for a limited time only. Would you, our mini segment of the week, of course, we ask each other the immortal question, would you? David, mm. I'll go first. Okay. Would you... Rather take $1 million right now. I feel like we never have positive ones, so I'm doing a positive, positive one today. Would you rather take $1 million right now, David, or $37 million in 22 years from now? So for the audience at home, how old would you be in 22 years? Uh, old. Oh, oh, okay. I... I mean, that's a pretty no, pretty much a no brainer. I would take the million now. You don't know what's going to happen to the dollar in 20 years or 20 whatever years. You don't know like if $37 million is going to be worth what it's going to be worth then. And and you don't know if you're going to be alive then. You don't know. That's I mean, where I was going to go. I, I was interested that no you brainer. went to the I'd dollar take the million now. First. Well, but yeah. I mean, like, I'm assuming I'll be alive in, in 22 years. Hoping. I not going to hope so. But. But yeah, no, I mean, it's kind of a no brainer. You, you, there's a lot you can do with a million right now, you know? Mm -hmm. Is there is there any amount if we get to like, I don't know. No, pretty 70, much no. No? No. Okay. Interesting. No, because again, like there's too many unknowns. If it was five years from now, oh, then yeah. I might be tempted to take the more, more money. But 22 years, 22, right? That's what you said? Uh, 22? Yeah, hell no. All right. Phil, if you met someone with whom you had the ultimate physical chemistry but the two of you did not share a language oh. would you learn a new language in order to communicate with that person i don't suppose like, let me just emphasize just yeah. how ultimately you connect with this person yeah we physically. hold hands really well oh you yeah you're, you're <laughs> holding hands all right <laughs> i don't suppose you're going to give me an example of the language because it's one thing if it's well French. i was inspired by by coda and and you know american sign language which is the obviously the sign language in America, uh, but sign language, let's just say, you know, if, if you, if you were to meet someone who you could barely communicate with, but you know, like there's so much chemistry there and, and the physical chemistry is definitely there. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. 
and you want to give it a, like you want to give it a chance, but you can't communicate. Would you go through the trouble of of learning a language, maybe taking classes or downloading freaking Duolingo? Is there Duolingo for ASL? No, there's not, okay. unfortunately. Okay. And there, I've tried looking for apps. There really, right. there really isn't any, unfortunately. You really need to immerse yourself in that community in order to learn it. But, but right. I, I, I'm not. This is not about sign language. This is any language. Like you just any language. You, you you speak different languages. Would I? Uh, yes, yes. The answer is yes. I I would hope it would be yes. Uh, if if I if it's that good and I find somehow a connection there, I would I would be trying my best to explore just how far does that go. It would be really hard for me though because I am a person who's all about communication. We mentioned that earlier in the in the podcast, right. and maybe anybody who skipped this part doesn't know this, but I am a huge communicator in life career. Uh, relationships you and me david communicate all the time about multitude of things really but uh communication is such so paramount to me that it would be necessary so that would be hard to have a kink in the middle of uh in the middle of communicating with somebody right off the bat i <laughs> you but, don't want a kinky <laughs> <laughs> no no kinky in communicating uh but I would I would say yes I would I would do my best to learn a new language goodness gracious me if it's if it's Spanish that would be like the seventh time I've tried I just it just doesn't stick in you'd there, be surprised man. when you when you really immerse yourself like if you were forced into conversing with someone for a while like you you both be picking up stuff pretty okay. quickly yeah once you're I, in uh, that yeah it doesn't yeah, help but, that you're in your late twenties now so that doesn't help you learn languages very quickly but I'm old I'm old man all yeah. right let's let's move along. An interesting once more on this one that I somehow convinced you it's to go along. It's not really with. that interesting. It's really not interesting, but I, we're going to talk about it anyway. Now, hold on, my friend. I think we can make this interesting. The, of course, the once more conversation, we are talking about Coda for the main topic. So naturally, what are we going to talk about for once more? That's right. Would we ever be fishermen? Of course, Coda talks about a family. <laughs> Coda how do, talks we, about how do we create a discussion topic, which is just a yes or no question? Because there is a discussion topic here. Because I, for one, I'll, I'll start out here. I, for one, am a person who is not an outdoor person, which is hilarious when it when it's compared to the fact that we do a podcast that is com entirely themed about the outdoors. We talk about camping. I don't like camping. We talk about fishing. And I don't like fishing, yet and still we have a podcast completely centered around outdoor events. But, but speaking for myself, the reason why I would say would I ever be a fisherman? In the way that it was, it was shown in in Coda, where they're going out in the middle of the sea. Follow me here, Hoffman. You've seen a perfect storm. I'm a little intrigued to like not a day, not for like a year, or excuse me, not for like a year, not for like like half a year. But I would be very interested to see what the fisherman lifestyle is like. Whenever you're on like one of those industrial boats, you got nets, you got all that stuff. When they were like going around and like cleaning out the fish guts, sorting them out, I was kind of interested. I, I, you know, there's that whole idea of like, oh, is this an acceptable fish? Is this fish edible? Uh, does it, you know, what's, what's it doing? I would potentially try being a fisherman. And I think that it's just like being out there in the waves. I think that there's that whole connecting with nature thing. I don't know. Would you ever be a fisherman, David? Look, I didn't, I didn't take this to, to mean like fishing, like lake fishing you know, like camping where you go fishing sure. in the river or the lake. Like that's a different thing entirely. Oh, I took yeah. this as deep sea fishing. Have you ever deep been sea deep fishing. sea fishing, Phil? I have not actually. Okay. So I've been deep sea fishing once. I told this story a couple weeks ago and I was yakking over the side of the boat most of the morning and then part of the afternoon. And it was wholly unpleasant. There were pretty rough seas that, that day, but, but even so it was, it was tough. Like there was some appeal and obviously you get used, like, I'm not, I'm not someone with motion sickness, but th this was really bad. But even so you would get used to that kind of motion sickness. Like after a little while you get your sea legs and, and your stomach gets used to all that motion and you stop getting seasick. But, but even so, like, I remember I ended up getting an infection on my, like I had this slight cut on my ankle or something. It ended up getting infected when we were flying back from South Africa via Dubai, like on the flight from South Africa to Dubai. Uh, we had a connecting flight then to to Amsterdam. 
in Dubai, I was like my like on that flight, my foot like sw- like I, I started getting a fever. My foot like swelled up to like three times the size of what it was supposed to be. <laughs> it was just, and it was just an infection that I got while I was on the boat. Anyway, it's it's not something I would do. No, so like it's not. I enjoyed it for a day as much as I could, given that I was seasick the whole day. But would I want to do it on a day to day basis? Would I even want to do it two days in a row? Heck no. No, thank you. I love seafood, but someone else can go out and catch it. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Well, I guess we're different. I, I have yet to have a horrific experience out in the middle of the sea. I think that that's so intriguing to be just to put your life in the hands of, of an element that is not yours out there. I would be willing to try it. I mean, I'm a daredevil, but I do, deep sea fishing was just meh. Okay. Like I, I would go cage diving with sharks oh, because I've never okay. done that before. And that seems like, that seems exciting, you know? Oh, oh man. See, I would see, do different. that. I would go cage diving with sharks for sure. But I've got no desire to, I've done sea, deep sea fishing. I would do it again, but more than a day, no. Cage with a shark? No. Sharks have too much diarrhea for me to be in there. I I, <laughs> I saw a video recently. What? I saw a video recently where a shark ex, exp, exposed itself around, and the exposed fish just itself. Yeah, just it just it's another, released yeah. another fill vocabulary word. Yeah, of course, you're uh, welcome. Exposed itself. Yes, and it, uh, it released its inner bowels, and all the fish mm. came around and just nibbled it. It was disgusting. Never, never doing it. And for the game, we are joined by my friend, my compadre, my companion, Nick Davies. Nick, welcome back to the show, to the to the powwow, to the campgrounds, really. Absolutely. Hello again. It's good to be back, and this time on Glorious 4K. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, of course, anybody <laughs> listening to the podcast, you, you won't see, but whenever you see these promo videos, as inevitably you will, uh, you will see Nicholas, Nick Davies. I, I don't know why I went proper on you. Uh, you'll see him in Nicholas. his full glory. <laughs> N- Nicholas Davies uh, III. Uh, are you, wait, you are a second though, aren't you? Uh, no, I am no. only, I am the only right the now. Only. He's yeah. working on the second, but, uh, that being <laughs> <Well>. <laughs> at some point in the future. Anyways, the only thing I want to start out with here, that's very important besides the fact that, uh, I believe I've neglected to ever bring up our interaction here, Nick, we, we grew up together in the theater community. You've gone on to do your own music career and we'll talk about and plug you at the end of here. You've got a ton of music stuff to go on. I think we plugged a couple of your videos last time, but not you as a person, you got a wonderful show, but we'll plug you at the end. The only thing I want to bring up right now at this moment is if you could stand up and show people your Jeff Goldblum shirt, because that is going to be necessary for them to not see. Uh, (laughs) I want to describe this. He has a Jeff Goldblum shirt that is akin to a Jurassic Park emblem. And it just says Jeff Goldblum in front of a, what is that? A Tyrannosaurus Rex uh, symbol <laughs> there. Nick. Oh, that's Jeff no, Goldblum. No, no, no. It's, so it's, it's the Jurassic Park logo, but instead of Jurassic Park, it says Jeff Goldblum, ah. and instead of a T Rex, it's Jeff Goldblum lying down very seductively. So I'm, yeah. I feel seduced, uh, looking deeply into your eyes. Yeah, it's a terrific shirt, and that's Wonderful. all you. That's all you need to know about my personality. Now you know everything about me. Now we know everything about me, but let's get to know just a a smidgen more since Nick, you are my guest. David, you get two questions for Nick. I get one. Why don't you start us off, Nick, David? Nick, I want to know what was your dream career when you were growing up? I had a couple. I mean, I, I I had three and one of them doesn't make any sense at all. One of them was being in Billy Joel's band, <laughs> being the keyboard player behind Billy Joel, going on tour with him. Had you already started playing the keyboard or, or was this just a, a total pipe dream? No, I, I was a musician pretty much ever since I popped out. I've always loved music and uh, I was learning piano at like probably three or four years old. But I saw Billy Joel live for the first time in 2006. And before that, I'd already wanted to tour with them. But after I saw him live, it was that was it. That was just that my my ultimate dream. Another one was uh, an actor. I've always loved movies. You know, now that I've grown up, like if I were to get into the film industry, I think like more on the either the film scoring or the directorial roles. So I'm not sitting in a uh, 
and a thing for hours waiting for my time to go in and start. You oh, know, that's, that's just what I've heard from a lot of people. Yes. <laughs> yeah. How do they do it? And then strangely, when I was really young, I really wanted to be a dentist. I did too. Did I swear to God, I did too. I oh don't my know God. What, yeah. I don't know what it was about me just really wanting to put my fingers in people's mouths, but I did. And that Why is was, this so familiar to me? I, did, did I already ask you this question? The dentist that like something about, or is it, or did, was it you, Phil, who said the exact same thing when I asked you that question? Because it's really weird to me. Yeah, I think you and me, David, have discussed this, and I know I've probably told you that I wanted to be a dentist. I, there's there's something calming. I don't know about That's you, Nick. so... Yeah, there's something calming about being in the dentist chair that I just, I was drawn to it. I was, I wanted to be a dentist. I sympathize with that, Nick. Well, I think, like, I think it's the opposite for me where... <laughs> you were like, terrified? <laughs> like, I, I There's hate... nothing calming about it. He likes yeah. the torturous nature of it. He, wa- I, he wants yeah. to... Put people through through pain and through hell and trauma. Yeah. Yeah. The only way for me to avoid being in the chair is if I'm the one performing on the person in the chair. You know, yeah. Reverse roles. I guess that was <laughs> it. I was a very sadistic child. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> clearly, clearly. All right, Little Charlie, your question. Dentist. Yes, uh, my question. <laughs> Nick, you're a musical man, and as such, continuously creating and generating tunes, ditties, and dare I even say songs, you know, from time to time. But what is the weirdest, quirkiest thing that has inspired you to write something? Maybe a dinner bell was rung. Maybe an odd mating call from a faraway animal gave you a tune that wouldn't <laughs> loosen its grip on you. Maybe the clinking of your morning cereal bowl rang something inside of you. What, what was it? You just described exactly what happened. No, uh, <laughs> so I'm going to give you something that inspired a song lyrically. Okay. I used to live in Anthem, Arizona, as you know, and we moved there when it was basically nothing. It was our house, a bunch of dirt, and a Safeway. That's it. Thank God for that Safeway. Oh, ser- well, <laughs> that's 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 where okay. the lyric comes in. So. Safeway was like the only grocery store around for miles and miles and miles, right? Because Anthem was in like the middle of nowhere when right. it was first built. There were honestly only a few compared to what it is now, so, so few houses uh, there when I moved in. Uh, Safeway knew it was the only thing around for <laughs> God knows how many miles. So what did they do? <laughs> Skyrocketed the price. Yeah, they, they hiked the price. Exactly. And uh, it was that it was like that for at least a few years. And then as Anthem started getting a little more recognized, more people started moving in. A Fry's was built in Anthem just a couple miles away from the Safeway. And Fry's came in and said, hey, here's the actual prices things should be. And Safeway was like, we've just been kidding the past few years (laughs) and tried pulling down their price. And so everyone was like, and said, yeah, no, we're not going with you anymore, Safeway. We're all going to go to Fry's and give them our business. And so Safeway like completely closed down within six months. Like, no, it was barren. Everyone hated them. (laughs) And uh, so I wrote a song about that. And it's it, called the tale, the tale of Sam and Fred. I didn't want to use the actual names of the things, right, but of yeah. course, yeah, they all went entire anthem side story, snapping their way to the fries across the street. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. Nick, what is or was your quarter life crisis? Ooh, that's a good question. I can only limit it to one. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no. Oh, I man. wouldn't want to shackle you if you if you want to just if you want to uh, burn you wanna, yourself. Join yeah, the join wanna, the powwow. I mean, this hey. is a powwow. We would like you to. Uh, it's a judgment free zone. I'm going to get real deep here, please. I think the thing that was on my mind especially when I hit 25 going up to 28, which I am now, is the realization that my parents aren't going to last forever. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I see them getting older and they're still they still obviously they're full of life and everything and there's no way they're going anywhere anytime soon, but it's slowly realizing that they did they don't look the same as they did when I was 10 years old and just kind of trying to get as much time in with them as I can before the inevitable, you know. I think that was the crisis I was going through for at least a few years and it was difficult, but yeah. But uh sorry to 
to bring that down there. No, but <laughs> we ask we ask for honesty, whether that be Safeway or your parents. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is a very genuine answer. We can always appreciate that here on on Powwow Podcast. So That's right. Let's lighten the mood back up again, though. We're going to play a game. We're going to have a little bit of fun. Uh, All right. Phil, why don't, you, uh, why don't you take us through the game that you prepared for us? Sure. The game is going to be called Connective Thread. And why it's called that is that me and David each, whenever we host the game, will be giving the other two a genre, a loose genre. Think Jeopardy. And then we will give, start giving I items. literally told you not to use the word genre when <laughs> describing this. <laughs> it's got nothing to do with genre. It's got nothing categories. to do with genre. Categories. It has flavors, categories, uh, whatever you want to. Anyways, <laughs> we will be giving you a light category upon which the items to follow, the items listed that each of us have prepared, all fit in. Now, there could be multiple things that these things all fit in. It's really just looking towards specifically what the person intended them to be. So there can be more than one, but normally we're looking for just one very specific thing. Uh, if you go ahead and guess, buzz in your name is your buzzer, and you guess incorrectly, you are out for that round. It is possible that both contestants could buzz in and be incorrect. At that point, we do have a tiebreaker. Of course, David also has a skipping stone. And I think that is all I really need to say. Uh, let's go to you, Nick. Who would you care to face off against first? Ooh. Let's go with you, Philip. Me? Okay, right, David. So my game first. Yes. I will start out with the first category, movies. Here we go. Excellent. All right. Ed Helms, Zach Galifianakis, Ken Jeong, Bradley Philip. Cooper, Philip. Cast of The Hangover. It is indeed The okay. Hangover. Well, I was just okay. looking for The Hangover, but I'll give okay. it to you. Okay. I'll That's give it to you. Man, I was going to say, I was ready to do it after the second one, and I was like, Hangover's too easy. Yeah, There's too easy. Else, easy. Uh, right? It was, but I felt secure in Dr. Jung. Fair enough. I bluffed your bluff, I guess, or I, don't, or I bluffed my own <laughs> bluff. All right. So, second, uh, second question. This category is sports. Here we go pads, helmets, violence. Philip? Nick? Oh, Ooh. I heard Philip. I'm going to guess things found in football, American no, football. No, no, okay. incorrect. I will continue. Sticks. Ooh. Oh, Nick, S Nick, Nick. Yes. <laughs> things found in hockey. Yes, ice hockey is correct. Ice yes. hockey is correct. Point, point to Nick. Thank We're tied up at one each. <laughs> All right. We're back to the category of movies. Okay. Chris Evans. Jamie Lee Curtis. Christopher Plummer, Frank Oz, Lakeith Stanfield, uh, Daniel Phillip, Craig. Philip. Ah, Dan uh, Philip. I was about to say oh, Daniel Craig. <laughs> knives out. Knives yeah. out is correct. <laughs> Coming up so... was the, the greatest of all, Ana de Armas. Ah, yes. Yeah, see, see. My, I, my love. It was the Jamie Lee Curtis for me because I'm. What is she in that's not Halloween? Because Chris Evans was for sure not in Halloween, surely, right? And there we go. <laughs> you know what threw me off when I was looking looking at it was Frank Oz. What What did Frank Oz do in that movie? Uh, I, I don't even know. I remember, but I don't remember. <laughs> okay, well, it's so good having you on the podcast, Nick. We we, yeah, we really was... appreciate your expertise coming Thank on here. Okay, so the score is two to one to Phil. Yes. Let's move on to question four. The category is songs. Ah. Okay. Funky, claps, left, back, hop. Uh, Nick. Nick. The cha-cha slide? The cha-cha slide! <laughs> wow. Well, yes! <laughs> wow. Next up, you were going to get stump, stump, and cha-cha. <laughs> well done. I'm, uh, <laughs> Real good one. Nice very, very good Nick. I was lost. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very All right. much. That means we're tied up going into the last one. I hope. I wish you nothing I hope but you the guys worst, have Nick. seen it because this <laughs> is you. we're back on movies. Okay. Uh, how could I not? How could I not do a lot of movies here? Of course. Yeah, Phil, you've dominated the movies so far. Let's go, baby. Let's go. Here we go. This might be tough. Okay. Oscar Isaac. Alicia Vikander. Domhnall Gleeson. Is that it? Yep. Oh, well, my God. I mean, that's pretty much it. One more time. Oscar Isaac. Who else? Oscar Isaac. Alicia Vikander. And Domhnall Gleeson. 
it would help if I knew who the like if I could match the name to a face on the last. Two. All right, Oscar Isaac plays Poe Dameron. No, I don't. In I Star got Wars, him. right? Got him. Got him. Alicia Vikander played uh, Lara Croft in the new Lara Croft movie, oh. the Tomb Raider movies, the yes. recent one. Yes. And Domhnall Gleeson plays the uh, the admiral, the admiral guy from the Star Wars sequels. Uh, he's got oh. red hair. He's in the movie oh. About Time as well. Yes, yes, yes. Redhead. Um, yes. I don't know it. Nick, do you know it? We do have a tiebreaker available to us. <sighs> okay, do. I do not know it. Yeah, Are you I'm, sure? I'm gonna... Come on, guys. I'm I'll sorry. Go Philip Peter Rabbit, the sequel. No. <laughs> this, is a, this is an Academy Award winning film. It's, it's, it's beyond me. Oh, wow. Uh, okay, do you have any guess, Nick? It won for best special effects. <laughs> Eating out a bunch of films with a much higher budget. But uh, all right. You don't know. You clearly don't know. The movie is Ex Machina. Oh, oh yeah. I wouldn't have gotten that. I wouldn't have gotten Not it. Not seen it? No, I haven't seen it. I know I that I was know a risk with this one. It was. I forgot about the last guy. I forgot about the last guy, honestly. You've seen it, Phil? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've seen it. I just, I. It's back really in great banks. film. It yes. really, really is a, a really good film. All right. Well, Hated the score is two two. I guess we have to have to go to the tiebreaker. Let's and, go uh, to the death. The tiebreaker is how many best picture winners have I seen in my life? Now, let me be clear. I was born in the nineties, and I have never set out on a quest to watch all of them or anything like that. So, with that in mind, what was the current uh, Academy Awards? Was it? It was at the ninety. There are ninety four best picture winners available. Okay, so ninety four. Nick scored available. the last point, so Nick, you have yes, to go did. first. So you are going to be guessing first. How many of the ninety four best picture winners since nineteen thirty whatever or twenty whatever have I seen? I'm going to say fifteen. That's a good number. That is a damn good number. Because <laughs> I, I have to think, so if we're looking at it, I'm thinking Shawshank Redemption, stuff like that. Forrest Gump, of course, he's seen. He's already seen Coda, I know for sure. So I'm just thinking how many easy ones. Like, Well, I'm going to help you out there. I'm going to help you out there, Philip. Okay. Forrest, yes. Forrest Gump and Shawshank were the same year, and only one of That's them right. won the best Thank picture. You. Thank you. But that has he seen Shakespeare Incorrect. That is incorrect. Uh, they were, uh, I believe they were, wait, let me, let me look it up. I'm, I'm, I'm willing to I'm pretty bet. sure they both won. I'm, oh, no, no, I'm, no. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. Never mind. You're look right. Look at this. Look at this. <laughs> Nicholas sure Day right. coming in here and slapping us around with his Oscar knowledge. 15. That actually yeah. makes me, uh, you know what? I am going to go, I'm going to have faith in David Hoffman and feel like he went on a binge at some point. I'm going to go with 16. The, the number is... 27. Give me a little oh, credit. God. Yes. Yes. Golly. 15. Come on. I'm sorry. I've seen quite a few. I saw several of the older ones, like All About Eve, Gone with the Wind. Oh, I saw them while Eve. I was studying acting. Yes. Uh, All About Eve, Gone with the Wind. Wings is the first ever film to beat to win Best Picture. There's there's others like On the Waterfront, Marlon Brando. Oh, that's a great uh, movie. Films like that. Yeah. Um, Stella! Best Years... <laughs> the best years of our lives. What are some of the other old ones? Uh, it happened one night. Clark Gable, Casablanca. Oh, like man, no, I actually never seen Casablanca, and I've also never seen Schindler's List. That's one of the recent ones. And then obviously, like the last few years, I've seen most of them. Um, but yeah, so there you go. Twenty-seven out of the ninety-four, and I do aim to see many more in the future. All right. Well, congrats, Phil. You you take the win there. Let's move on to your game. Let's in glory move along to my game. The first, what what did you want me to say? Category. There we go. The first category <laughs> we are we will be competing against between you two will be music. Music is the first one. And keep in mind, David, you do have a skipping stone with which to skip I do. any category within this in this field. So keep that okay. in mind. First one is music. I'm gonna try and give Nick a home field advantage right off the top. All right. Here we go. Okay. Tina Turner, Sting, Madonna, Paul McCartney, Phil Collins, Elton John, David Bowie. Uh, uh, Nick. Nick. Stage names? People who have stage names instead of their real name? Unfortunately, that is incorrect. David, ah. we, are, we are still with you. Okay. The names aforementioned. Here we go. 
Queen, Bob Dylan, Rick Springfield, Eric Clapton, Elvis David, Costello. Yes. Is it is it just is it Grammy winning music artists? It is not. What we were looking for was artists who performed at Live Aid 1985. Oh. That was another thing that, that that briefly popped into my head. It was these like all like uh, performers at a certain show or something. I didn't I didn't even think of Live Aid. Man, yeah. Yeah. The other thing the other thing I was like is it like artists who started out in the, what the seventies? Yeah. <laughs> well, no point awarded, but we still have more to go here, guys. The next category is history. History. John Jay, John Marshall, Roger Sherman. Benjamin Rush, George Mason, John Dickinson, James Monroe, Samuel David. Adams, David. These are these signers of the Declaration of Independence. Oh no! E. You know what? I'll give it to you. We we're looking for founding fathers, but same same coin, different side. So, okay. All right. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> David gets well done. Probably David find gets, that all the all those names are at the bottom of the Declaration of Independence. Yes, I, 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 as I'm sure. So same same coin, different side. All right, next one, the next category here. This one has Nick Davies written all over it. Science. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Let's here we let's, go. let's do this. Barakios. Not sure if that's what it is. Bayou. Billabong. Puddle. Canal. Uh, Nick. David. Oh. Nick. I heard Nick first. Bodies of water? No, that's and that what is I was exactly say. what it is. <laughs> I'm so mad. As <laughs> I said before, it's science. It's Nick's, it's Nick's category. Oh, man. Here we go. Next one. Remember, David, you still have a skipping stone, which you don't have to use. I just, I never want you to feel like you missed out. All right. I don't think you'll use it on this next one, though, because the category is Hollywood. Mm. And at a uh, tied score of one to one, we go to this new category. Richard Dixon, Andy Beckwith, Joseph Altine, Amanda Seyfried, Eddie Redmayne, Helena Bone Carter. Nick. Nick. Les Miserables. Yes, yes. I was just going for the cast of Les Miserables, but yes, it is the indeed the cast of Les Miserables, the filmed adaptation. Later on, we would have gotten to Hugh Jackman, Russell Crowe, and Hathaway, certainly. But Nick had a decided two-to-one advantage going to the last one. David needs this in order to tie and force the tiebreaker. David does. David and does. he has a skipping stone. Next, least I forget. Here we go. Last you potential. Forget. Lest I forget. Least I forget. In case I forget, last category, potentially, food. Food is the category. Okay. I've learned a lot more about food over COVID. When you start <laughs> saying the things, can I can I still skip before someone's buzzed yes, in? Yes, you can certainly skip okay, as good. long as there was not a, a name, name put in. So here we go. Yes. Breakfast roll. Cheese. Cuban. Dynamite. French dip. Gerber. Skip. 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 The, what we were looking for, <laughs> any guesses, gentlemen? So at uh, first I thought sandwich, and then you said something about dip, and I was like, oh, never mind. Yeah. You would have been correct. The We were looking for types of sandwiches. Apparently there's a French dip sandwich, David. What the hell? According, what? <laughs> according to the internet, I saw a picture of a French dip sandwich. When you said Cuban, disgusting. I was like, oh, sandwich. Of course. And then... And then you said dip, and I was like, oh. Gerber sandwich, anybody? No. Well, rats. <laughs> yes, okay. <laughs> Thankfully, we move on to the last category. No skipping uh, left. Here we go. The The category is miscellaneous. Oh, so tr- I'm sorry. Right. Okay, go on. You'll see why. I'll, I'll ask you. I'll ask you for your category name if for you if, if for this one. It has a specific name, but I don't know where I would place it. Here we go. Okay. People. The Titanic, shoes, donuts, golf course, DVD, macaroni, a bagel, a ring, clothes, a button. One more time. People, the Titanic. 
shoes, donuts, a golf course, DVD, macaroni, a bagel, a ring, clothes, and a button. I could go on, but I don't think it'll help. So I'll give you guys a countdown. No, do it one more time. One more time. Okay. People, the Titanic, shoes, donuts, golf course, DVD, macaroni, bagel, a ring, clothes, and a button. Five, four, three, two, one. <laughs> Any guesses at all, gentlemen? Anybody? I think Titanic is throwing me off. Yeah. <laughs> it's all um. throwing me off. <laughs> all right. Here we go. Uh, David, do you, do you have? I'll just say, I don't know, things on the cover of Best Picture winning posters or something. I don't know. That is incorrect. Nick, anything for you? That was a good guess. That was actually, that was, that was pretty good. People, the I mean, Titanic, there were a couple of things that bagel. I thought could like the ring could be Lord of the like Return of the King and the Titanic yeah. would be Titanic, obviously. The golf course, I don't know, maybe there's something from early Tin 2000s. Cup. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there were a couple other things in there. I was thinking maybe things found at a putt putt golf or something. <laughs> there you go. You know what? Not a bad guess, but not what we were looking for. What we were looking for, gentlemen, things with a hole in them. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> oh my good god. People, the Titanic, shoes, donuts, golf course, DVD, macaroni, bagel, a ring, clothes, button. Unfortunately, neither of you got it. And where would you have categorized that, David, other than miscellaneous? That's what I thought. Uh, moving on, moving on to the tiebreaker. As you as the frustration seeps out of David. There's no tiebreaker necessary. Yeah. I lost. Oh, that's correct. You're right. Would you guys like to play the tiebreaker just for funsies? Why not? Why not? Why right. not? Hoffman. No. No. <laughs> no, it's fine. Just do it. You've already about, teased it. How about this? Do it. How about okay. this? How about this? If I don't get it right, then he wins. Uh, all right. We'll, you make, know we'll make this interesting. Oh, how we'll make this interesting. It is interesting. Okay. As now long as it's in interesting, the... now it's content. Now it's yes. not just film. <laughs> now it's, yes. Hoffman, you have to go first on this. How much uh, did Live Aid raise for famine in Africa in U.S. dollars? You go first with an amount. All right. What? 19, what was it? 1989 or something? Or thinking television rights. Is it like $30 million? $30 million. Nick, we go to you. I was going to say, and this is, might be way off because I'm, I've no yeah, clue. I mean, mine might be as well. I've got no idea. Yeah, I'm going to say 150 million. Not uh, live aid did occur in 1985. However, at the time, 85. it did raise a record-breaking 127 million dollars, <laughs> meaning that Nick, with the with the whoppingly more close, uh, 150 whoppingly bid, more close. <laughs> yes, this is where we are now because uh, he decided to go big. And here we go, 127 millions. Nick won both showcases, both the regular game and the tiebreaker. Congratulations, Nick. Thank as you. Your, as your prize, you get to tout where can the fine people see your shows go to your shows <laughs> find out information about your shows talk a little bit about yourself so i am shockingly horrible at social media but that being <laughs> said my facebook page nick davies uh i update it semi-regularly i update my regular personal facebook page more often but i'm all over the place right now i'm doing a bunch of tributes billy joel and elton john tributes abba frankie valley you name it and in terms of music, currently finishing up my first full album, which will be, which will be released, yes, uh, on everything, Spotify and uh, iTunes, Apple Music, uh, blah, 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 TikTok, hopefully. Maybe I'll see my own songs in people's videos. And let's get that handle for you. What's what's your handle? Where can the people find you? I have no clue. That's how, that's what I said. I am shockingly horrible at, at social media. Just search Nicholas Davies. You'll find a wakeboarder first, but I'm on there somewhere. 
Just uh, Nick, <laughs> Nicholas Davies, N-I-C-K-O-L-A-S uh, as Nicholas, and then Davies, D-A-V-I-E-S for Facebook. As uh, we have heard, he updates it regularly. He has great content. Got a lot of people on an April Fool's joke recently. I could not <laughs> believe that people uh, – you could always tell in the comments the people that actually clicked on your link, Nick, and the people who just read it and were just so gosh darn supportive. <laughs> God bless them. God bless them. I was very happy about that. I was yes. very proud of it. Yes, but they were happy for you as well. Uh, you have to find out and go to his socials in order to figure out what it is we're talking about. That's Nick, right. thank you so much for joining us. Always appreciate your time. Always appreciate your dentist stories. Thank you so much, man. <laughs> Absolutely. It's so good to see you guys. Yeah, cheers, Nick. <laughs> we'll see you soon. All right. See you later. And with that win, I move up to a sterlingly mediocre record of 4-4, four and four, while David with that loss plummets to 4-4 four and four as well. Ooh, ooh, yes, that slaps. Where we bring you the best entertainment of the week that we found, whether that be in the format of a song, movie, or dare we say, TV show, 24 season, 24 season one, maybe? No. <laughs> no, no. Uh, never that. It's been a long time since I've seen that. <laughs> but, David, what are you bringing to the table of that slaps? Oh, this why don't week? you go first today, Phil? Oh, delicious. I will be bringing us a song. The song is called The Night We Met by Lord Euron. H-U-R-O-N. Very good song. Uh, and I love it. And I just found it this week. That's really all there needs to be said. That slaps. Okay. Beautiful. I also just, I don't know if it was this week or last week, but call it what it is. The song is by Sir Sly. I know you and I both like Sir yes. Sly. And it is Doomsday. Doomsday uh, spelt with a lowercase d. And then the, the O's in doom are zeros. You know, I do have a problem with this. When artists do this to their songs, they like they don't capitalize letters or they make make the like tr- turn letters into numbers. Are you making the listening experience any better? No. So why are you overcomplicating this? All it means is that when I ask Alexa to play it for me, she's like uh, playing zero zero Doomsday for you, and I'm like, it's called Doomsday. Gosh, but it does slap. It does slap. The listening experience slaps. The reading experience is atrocious. It's, it, it slaps despite the, the reading experience. <laughs> well, of course, we want to thank you all for joining us on this episode. But before we let you go, we just want to shout out uh, a couple of our favorite people out there. First of all, Cass and Crossland, thank you so much for for the music that you've produced for this show and to Jake Corlang for some of the well, plenty of the uh, background sounds that you hear throughout the podcast. Thank you guys. Thank you so much to Tara Amstutz and Josh Hans for their wonderful contributions to the show. Could not do it without you guys. Thank you so much. Thank you so, so much. We really appreciate uh, what you do. And of course, once again, thank you to you, the listener, for tuning in this week and uh, and enjoying. We hope you enjoy Coda. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. It's well worth a watch. And of course, reach out to your friends. Spread the word about Pow Wow Podcast. Uh, we think we've got a lot of fun things to say. And we, you can find us on Instagram at powwow underscore podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, iHeartRadio, pretty much anywhere where you can find podcasts. With the exception of Pandora, because screw you, Pandora. You know why God made farts smell? So bears could enjoy them too. Mm-hmm.